This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by David Braga, who is the CEO, Security Services Australia and New Zealand for BNP Paribas. G'day, David. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks for coming in. Um, I was amazed to learn, uh, David, that BNP Paribas was the first foreign bank in Australia in 1881. Um and uh, has been engaged in the Australian economy for 140 years. Yeah, so I didn't realise that. Yeah, it's quite something, isn't it? So I think uh, it came out originally on the back of the, the wool trade. And uh, now as a bank, we see ourselves as part of the fabric of Australia, uh, including now working in uh, sustainables and renewables. I, I would have, I mean, I think everyone would have expected um, an English bank to have been the first. Exactly. Uh, the first here. Yeah. Yeah. But not a French one. But I guess I guess the French were here at a similar time. Yeah. Um, so um, and security services that's engaged in custody. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So custody is kind of a bit of a hidden corner of financial services. Um, maybe the way to think of it is uh, a custodian is someone who looks after. Um, you know, something on behalf of someone else. Um, so you might think of a library as a custodian of, of all their books and, um, uh, you know, the, the material that they've got. And so for us, we'd, we act as a custodian uh, for our clients' assets and uh, keep those safe. Right. Um, it doesn't sound very complicated. Is it complicated? <laughs> oh, Alan, it's, uh, it's massively complicated, is the truth. Because, of course it is. <laughs> because, because of the nature of the assets, um, uh, our clients invest all, all around the world, so we have to support them in over 120 markets. And then the nature of the assets has changed significantly as well. Uh, so, of course, there's all the listed assets, um, but all the, all the other types of assets that clients will invest into, um, uh, bonds, derivatives, off-market, uh, unlisted, complex unlisted private, private market assets. Uh, so that's what keeps things interesting. Uh, and then the other, the other balancing trick is that um, once, once we're supporting a client with that safekeeping of their assets, we'll add um, other services that we can do on their behalf, such as accounting and tax and performance reporting and other complex analytic reporting that they might be interested in. When you're custodian for someone's assets, um, do, they still own, do they still have title to them or do you in a formal sense, um, have uh, owned the title? In, in a formal sense, we will have title over the assets normally. Um, some assets we will control rather than hold title over. Um, but and, and that's probably the more important concept is who's controlling the asset is always us. Really important, it's always their asset though. They, they are the underlying beneficial owner and they own the asset. What's the point of it then? Uh, the point of it is to um, create a segregation in the in the financial services. So, um, if I use an example of a superannuation fund, uh, the assets are actually controlled by the custodian, and it protects the underlying members uh, because if there's a problem in the fund, the, the custodian uh, is always there and has has um, control and title, as you said, over over all those assets to be able to secure them and pass them forward to. Um, uh, somebody if there's a change in a fund owner, for example, or something like that. Isn't it mostly because the person who owns the asset wants to hide? Uh, no, I don't think that's right at all. Um, uh, I think I think the uh, 
you know, I think I think the point you're making is that if you look at the shareholders of of um, a lot of listed entities, for example, you'll see the custodians as the top um, holders of those of of those shares. Um, but it's not about hiding; it's just about uh, um, providing that segregation in this in the sector. Right. No, but but I've been a financial journalist for a long time now, and every time I go to someone's register and try to find out who owns the company, I see all these nominee companies at the top, and I can't find out who it is. Well, so and it's you know it feels to me like they're hiding. I, I was going to say, Alan, maybe 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 from you they are. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly not the not the prime objective at all. The prime objective right. is keeping keeping the assets um, secure. Right. Oh well, there you go. So. Um, um, in your bio, you talk about um, that you're uh, realistic about the future and you'll fight the inertia prevalent in business today. What do you mean by that? Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that um, uh, a, a lot of what we're doing is going through substantial change. Um, for example, we've got digital transformation uh, um Topics around artificial intelligence uh, and how we're providing data to our to our clients. Um, all of that complexity we manage on their behalf is is really valuable to them, but only as they can get the information back from us in a in a meaningful way and usable way for them. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot that we need to do as a as a whole sector around how um, we go through that. That's the type of inertia I want to work through. Second element, um, I feel very passionately about. Uh, our people uh, and how we um, come together in a, in a highly collaborative, uh, highly constructive way to bring everyone's expertise uh, into the, the agenda for our clients uh, and, and be able to act um, kind of with that, that degree of um, advisory knowledge about what, what's possible and, and how to make it work for people. You also say that for my industry, disruption is not an option. Do you, do you mean that um, you, you're not being or won't be disrupted or that um, is that a more a defiant statement <laughs> that you don't want you you you're going to try and defend your business your industry from from disruption yeah i think when we when we contemplate disruption there's there's often um, sort of the the obvious examples of what's happened in other sectors uh, I, I I feel that um, the nature of our services the width of them uh, in terms of the number of markets the number of assets we support the types of outcomes we deliver across custody accounting tax um, financial reporting performance reporting things like that for our clients makes it tough to disrupt uh, the role of a custodian in total, but where disruptions going to influence us uh, are going to be as different um, assets, for example, move in how um, they're, they're used, how um, our clients invest into them and what it means to uh, operate them and keep that flow really smooth across the market. Um, and we can see that coming, um, for example, around, uh, say, how the stock exchange is working through its chest replacement project uh, and and the work that they're doing um, with digital asset holding on a new blockchain um, uh Sorry, I should say on a new digital um, ledger technology platform for chess. Uh, so that's the type of disruption that we need to integrate with rather than it being a disruption that will actually displace us. It was interesting you pulled yourself up there and um, instead of saying blockchain, you changed it to distributed ledger, 
What's the difference? Uh, I, I think uh, depending on who you are, you'll you'll feel there's a very diff- you know very definite difference. Um, uh, probably the easiest way to, that I think about this is um, a blockchain is often more publicly distributed, publicly available, has the concept of the miners attached to it. Um, the distributed ledger technology is the is the kind of the database concept inside, um, which can be operated on a private basis, which is the way that we're seeing a lot more um, of that technology being put into place now is more on a on a private controlled basis rather than um, sort of the, the public example of, um, uh, you know, data mining and the like. So but what will uh, blockchain stroke distributed ledger do to your industry? I mean, it'll blow you away, won't it? No, we don't think so. Um, we think it'll become an interesting um, potential to facilitate different parts of the value chain and, and what we have to do. Um, so examples might be around corporate events. Um, so as corporate events get notified um, by the underlying issuer, we as the custodian need to get that information and pass it through to our clients and often their fund managers so then they can take the right action. So as things like that move on to a distributed ledger capability, that becomes a different place we need to interface. We don't see it blowing us away in the language you just used, um, just because of the overall um, nature of the aggregate services that we offer. It's it's going to be tough to put something into place that will cover all of that landscape. But are you having to move your business onto a, a distributed ledger? Um, we, we have different places that we've been looking at how that technology can, can be used. Um, in essence, um, what we are is a system aggregator of bringing together a lot of different um, core processing systems and, and some of those um, may be appropriate for that technology, but um, we'll look at that as it, as it develops. Right. So, uh, but are you, uh, is BNP Paribas and the other custodi- custody uh, businesses looking at that. I mean, yep. researching it, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, we it must be. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, we've all had um, different examples of places that um, you know we've we've built um, ideas and proof of concepts and things like that. Probably the best one um, that we're still all um, heavily engaged on is with the ASX uh, around chess replacement. Um, part of what the ASX is going to allow, um, are, are, you know clients of theirs, um, so people like us, to get access to a node um, on the on their ledger, uh, and that will give real-time uh, access to the holdings that you have um, on the ASX. So we're all in investigating what that means uh, and how we could use that and what, what um, uh, types of how that changes our services and the way that we deploy them. So I think everyone's still looking through that. Um, that's fairly new for all of us. Uh, and and we don't have to have that answered until 2021. So um, uh, we'll be working on that in the next year or so. And, and things like that become quite um, interesting and exciting in terms of um, what's possible. Is there a sense that the ASX is forcing the pace on this? Yeah, I think it's well recognised that the ASX has been a a global leader um, in putting this into place. Um, uh, They've had a real business um, driver and need in in chess replacement, and so it's uh, enabled them to maintain their... um, uh, 
determination to put this into place. Um, some other people who have tried in other in other ways um, have have possibly not had the the same immediacy and, and need of um, doing it, and so they've fallen by the wayside. Uh, so it's really interesting to see how the stock exchange has has, has actually led the entire globe in um, making this happen. So um, all power to them, and I think as Australians we should be very proud of what they've been doing. Yes, and I suppose it puts you in terms of the global BNP Paribas uh, system uh, in the forefront of that as well. That's true. So uh, it means that we we are doing a lot of work um, in my organisation driven out of Paris um, to look at uh, what what these um, nodes are going to be possible um, to to you know, sort of deliver. Uh, and and for us as well, we're looking at it on a multi-market basis. Um, so not just for Australia, but to say what's going to happen uh, if this same capability is deployed into other markets uh, and there are other markets who are investigating the same. So, um, you know, it, 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 makes a, it makes us kind of the Silicon Valley of uh, BNP Paribas to be right on the, on the edge of this type of capability. Very interesting. Well, it's been great talking to you, David. Thanks very much. Thanks, Alan. Lovely talking and uh, all the best. Thank you. I've been talking to David Braga, who is the BNP Paribas CEO for Securities Services in Australia and New Zealand.